the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Kule Agbayani on this two or excuse Wednesday. I can't believe it's already going by, guys. We're almost that much closer to Christmas, that much closer to early signing day, at least for football. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about that coming up on the show. And as somebody needs to leave earlier from their house, Mr. Paul Brecht. I left earlier than I normally do today. Fun fact. I actually can't. I left earlier than I normally do today. Fun fact. I'm like, this is in the rain, in typical Hawaii fashion. It's okay. At least your car didn't get towed like mine's did, the Lamborghini. So that's what happens in these days. Lamborghini getting towed this morning. Sorry, not sorry to whoever that was. I got their beautiful Lamborghini stolen. Oh, well. That's what I saw. I was like, I'm sure dang. they can afford to get it back if it's oh, good. If they're going to let it get towed, they can afford to get it back in the house. Anywho, Ugh. like I mentioned, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the football commits as we mentioned yesterday during the show Sitani Mikaele from Farrington had committed one commit that came in a little later um not too much later after we finished the show was edge rusher 63 220 a pound edge rusher out of Kamehameha Tristan Waiamau Galindo he's another PWO commitment for the University of Hawaii as they continue their off season of recruiting. All right. Well, since it is Manawahine Wednesday, but it's been kind of a busy week for me so far. But I did want to uh, make note for a couple of th- other things happening locally. Want to give a shout out to first Kate Lang, Rainbow Wahine volleyball player Kate Lang. We haven't mentioned her uh, before, so she actually received an invitation from the USA volleyball program uh, to the women's national team open program. For Kate Lang, the 2024 USA Volleyball WNTOP is scheduled for February 23rd through the 25th at the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. So a shout out to Kate Lang getting uh, the invitation for that. Also, pretty cool. If you guys didn't know, there's a professional volleyball federation now and they had their inaugural draft and former Sad tear face. Oh, it sad hurts to tear. Say that. Yeah. Oh. Former University of Hawaii women's volleyball alumna Amber Igidi was drafted with the seventh pick in the first round by the Omaha Supernovas of the Professional Volleyball Federation in Atlanta, Georgia. So Omaha drafted five players, headlined by IGD in the five-round league-wide draft for U.S. college players. 35 collegiate standouts earning the right to compete for a sport to continue their careers as pros in the United States. So I think that's pretty cool. I know Amber is currently back home in Louisiana, but huge congratulations to both Amber IGD and Kate Lang. And it was pretty neat because I was trying to look up this a pro volleyball federation and so their their first round or their draft basically there's seven teams and so they had their draft yesterday drafted overall was asia o'neill and she is actually the daughter of a former nba all-star in jermaine o'neill so she was drafted number one overall i thought that was pretty cool i was like oh she didn't go the way of her her dad similar to um kobe bryant's daughter where the oldest daughter natanya she plays 
or played volleyball instead of basketball. So that's pretty cool to see the athletic prowess continue down the line as Asia O'Neill out of Texas uh, gets drafted with the number one overall pick in the inaugural Pro Volleyball Federation draft. So I was like, hey, that's a pretty cool little fun fact. It was really cool to see. Uh, every time I see, I don't want to, it is new, so I will call it new. Anytime I see these newer professional women's sports leagues gaining more notoriety and whatnot, like it was really cool to see. And that's also an excellent way to add media attention is, hey, we have Jermaine O'Neal's daughter drafted mm-hmm. first overall. Hey, Hawaii fans, we know you love your volleyball. <laughs> Guess what? We just took your star who we know you love, not just as a player, but as a person. She was a first round pick, too. Come on and watch this. Support us. I think Jason Derulo is the owner of the team that uh, Amber was drafted yes, by. Yes, I did see there, that as well. There are a decent number because I started looking into it. There are a decent number of like pretty known celebrities who are mm-hmm. involved in the ownership groups, which I also thought was pretty cool. I, I recommend if you haven't gotten an opportunity, which I don't know why many people would have gotten an opportunity quite yet to look into the new league, but go look into this because it is very, very cool to see a professional sports league, especially here in America where it's professional women's volleyball, which we know and have continued to see on ESPN, especially growing in popularity. I mean, Thinking of Nebraska, Wisconsin matchups and and the numbers that those get, you know, who knows how it can grow. So very, very cool for some of our Rainbow Wahine or I guess now our former Rainbow Wahine. And future Rainbow Wahine now that they have this league. Yes. Uh, Ironically, though, the University of Oregon led all schools with six selections followed by Arkansas, BYU, Tennessee, and Washington State with two each. From a conference standpoint, the Pac-12 had 11 players chosen, followed by the Big 12 with seven, the SEC with six, and the Big 10 with four. So another reason why it's so huge that a player like Amber Igidi, you know, playing over here in the Big West, being our standout player, gets drafted in the first round. Some of the, by the way, the teams, I guess our team here, we're going to go ahead and call it the Vegas Thrill because Vegas has a team. I actually do follow the Vegas team on our social media as well. So you have Columbus Fury, that's where Asia O'Neill went, uh, San Diego Mojo. That's interesting. I never expect that to be an actual team name. The Vegas Thrill, as I mentioned. Uh, well, so the, so the San Diego Mojo drafted Magna Jellarova out of Washington State. Vegas Thrill is Hannah Pukas out of Oregon. Um, let's see. The Grand Rapids Rise. That's a cool. Ooh, they have like a cool logo, too. It's like a little fire falcon like type I of said, thing. Yeah. Look into this league cuz there's like a lot of effort in the little details cuz yeah. they're cool names, cool logos. Go check it out. A lot cooler than the XFL. I'm just going to say that. No offense to the Rock or anything, but it looks pretty cool. Grand Rapids Rise Morgan Fingal out of Tennessee opposite hitter uh, Orlando Valkyries. That's cool too. Is they drafted Paige Briggs out of Western Kentucky, another outside hitter. The Atlanta Vibe dra- drafted shoot Chiamaka Nuokolo out of Pitt, middle blocker, and then rounding out the first round with the seventh overall pick is our Amber IGD to the Omaha Supernovas uh, out of the University of Hawaii. And of course, as a middle blocker, uh, they player, a player drafted needed to be at least 18 years or older on the day of the draft and defined as a college player. Athletes who met these criteria 
criteria are eligible to be drafted. Players are not required to declare for the draft and anyone drafted may elect to return to college if she has remaining eligibility, of course, should she choose not to sign with her pro volleyball federation team. That's pretty bleep and cool that you don't have to like declare that way you don't like you don't have that pressure to choose one or the other. So you can very much just, hey, we're going to draft you. And if you want to come, then come play professional volleyball. But if you don't, especially now that we see the age of the NIL, like eh, you can go back to college. So I think that's really cool, like a good option for a lot of these young women to to be able to choose, but yet not have that added pressure like we see in football where you need to decide. It's one or the you, other. Yeah, you have to declare and you can't go back once you declare. So and it's I've like... always <laughs> I have always felt that way that undrafted free agents especially should go back. Yeah. Like you should be able to go back, at, at least ones that aren't seniors or who have used up all of their eligibility. It's just because, I don't know, it feels wrong to take away an opportunity yeah. to play sport. I understand the whole thing and opportunity has to come and scholarships and yada, 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 but... I don't know. I, I have always felt that way because I think about it where like even in baseball when they draft like the rights to a player and whatnot yeah. and, and like they have to go either forego college or they have to be in college for a few years. I don't know. I like how the NBA does like you can draft somebody's rights and then they can play in their league. And then when they decide they want to try and come over to the NBA, then it's, you know, you have exclusive negotiating rights for this window i like mm -hmm. those type of things just for the matter of giving options to athletes to do what's best for them yeah at least in the nfl maybe they should do it for like the later rounds you know because i can understand if you're an nfl franchise from a business perspective you don't want to put all of your decision making on one player and they're like right. no, no i don't want to come back. thanks though yeah so it's I mean, like I, I get nfl it still has to be kind of even but like if you're talking like with later in the rounds eligibility Undrafted yeah. with eligibility is how I feel for the NFL, where it's like you get these juniors who got bad intel, where their agent was like, oh, yeah, go, 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 go. Yeah. And then they declare, they go undrafted, they have to work tooth and nail instead of having one more year, more mature, mm -hmm. better in a system where they were before. I don't know. It's weird. It is a very strange conversation. Either way, I like the way that this new volleyball league, professional volleyball league, is going about their business, just trying to create opportunities for young women. Yeah, speaking of, like, trading um, rights to players, that's already happened. So, as we mentioned, the um, number two overall draft pick, Magna Gelarova, for the San Diego Mojo, actually, she was traded to Atlanta after the selection. So, number two overall already gets traded they traded the rights to her to the Atlanta Vibe for current roster players Ali Bastianelli and Kendra Dalk Dalke Dalk Dalk I believe that's how you say it but that's I'm like wow this is getting interesting I can't wait to see it do they have their schedule on here I didn't get the chance to look on when it actually oh here schedule so go look it up you can go to provolleyball.com and their schedule already starts in January so Week one, well, Amber IGD, there you go. Atlanta versus Omaha. That'll be on Wednesday, January 24th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Hopefully we can, like, they have some kind of TV deal. Knowing ESPN Plus, they kind of tend to pick up all of these smaller 
things that you can just watch and, and stream only. So the season kicks off week one, Wednesday, January 24th, and you have all those three games. Oh, they actually have, oh, Wednesday and then Friday, Atlanta plays at Orlando. This is exciting. I love it. Like I said, I just love the options, how we mentioned, for these other players. And shout out to Amber Igidi coming from, you know, Hawaii that gets drafted in the first round as it was highlighted by Oregon and the SEC and the Pac-12. So Go Amber. Go Amber indeed. Also, two-time All-American came out. She's the uh, third-team AVCA All-American, the second time, second selection. I think it's the first time since like 2016 for the University of Hawaii women's volleyball team that they've had um, a player receive multiple All-American selections. So once again, I mean, it's just a, a laundry list of accolades for Amber IGD and all of them deserved. So go Vegas and go Omaha. We're just going to say that <laughs> because it's our ninth island. And then, of course, cheering for Amber IGD. All right. When we come back, we will finally get into the nitty gritty details. And I'm actually glad we waited this long to get into it because there's more explanation and detail. So it actually worked out that we've waited this long to get into the nuts and bolts of that massive Shohei Otani signing but they're from a business perspective there is just like all kinds of stuff going on because at the end of the day the MLB is basically treating it like a 10-year 480 million dollar contract air quote only compared to the 700 million but we'll uh, go through the breakdown when we come back on wake up in the den back to more wake up in the den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den Kuule Agbayani and Paul Brecht Wet and rainy outside it's so crazy it was like yesterday was so nice and beautiful and then now it's wet and rainy again Oh I think the branch is gone Wait, I can't see it. No, it's still hanging there. Just kidding. Tease, tease. <laughs> I, was it, I think it I just like, kind oh. of went a little lower. And then I have like kind of our little picture frame thing blocking, but it's still hanging there. Um, <laughs> by the way, you guys, sorry, not sorry. We're going to be a little obnoxious on the Taylor Swift music today because it's Taylor Swift Day, <laughs> a.k.a. It is technically her birthday, but the Eras Tour extended version is available to rent. And yes, I already started watching it last night because it came out in East Coast time. So it was available to rent yesterday and I did, but I didn't get to watch it. Like, so I was like out at a sushi dinner last night and had a lot of sake. And I was like trying to look at the calendar because I'm trying to schedule like a Taylor Swift dance party thing at my place. And I'm just like, I don't know when I'll be able to do it because this weekend's busy and then next weekend is obviously like the Christmas stuff, but also there is like Diamond Head Classic stuff and Hawaii Bowl. So I'm like, won't be able to do it. And then then you have New Year's the following year. So it will probably be like a New Year's Taylor Swift dance party. So knowing that I won't be able to watch it with everybody else in a long time, I'm like, I'm going to he- go ahead and start watching it now. As so, you should. So in case there was any doubt. Because I know it's so hard to believe that I already started watching the three-hour concert. And I only got through, like, half of it. I forgot, like, how, like, it's, like, every single set and then the songs and going through the eras. And, oh, anyways. (laughs) There is a reason it's been hyped up so much. And it's not just because Taylor Swift is immensely popular. It is because a lot of work went into the eras tour in general. It's supposed to be 
awe inspiring. It's and like the top grossing cool. Guinness Book of Records made it the top Hot grossing. Shots. But and I promise I will get to sports, but now now I've already started going. What do you mean? This is sports. We're talking <laughs> yeah, about the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chiefs. Sure. That's the connection. And the Eagles. Boom. There we go. Oh, there it's we a, go. Okay. The NF, we're talking about the NFL. There we go. Boom. See? Easily. Chiefs, Eagles. All right. Back to Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I must say, well, actually, this does lead me to just knowing well, that there are good <laughs> humans out there that make a lot of money as much as, you know, she's valued at over a billion dollars because of her, one of it being it her really music catalog. Because her music catalog itself, it sold for 300 Now it's probably worth like over half a billion and then on top of the other assets. So that's part of the reason why she's worth a billion dollars or over a billion dollars. But, and then her concert, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, is like the highest grossing concert. However, her team is not going to release the official numbers of it all because, and at first everyone's like, why wouldn't she release the official? Because Billboard will take into account the, their... I guess their list of records only if from what's officially released, everything else like Guinness and everything is more of speculation or whatnot. But because right now Beyonce's concert is at the top of Billboard. So when I was looking it up, I was like, you know, I wouldn't put it past Taylor Swift to not release it just so that Beyonce could remain at number one. Cause at first it didn't make sense. Like, why would you do that? But like, I wouldn't put it past Taylor Swift to do that. Like, you know, for I mean, and it sucks. It, it feels weird to say for Beyonce, but I think it part of it is because one, Taylor doesn't care about that accolade, and two, if it's Beyonce of all people that's at the top who came to her rescue during that viral MTV moment when you know Kanye West stole her shine, I mean, like that's the kind of person that she is, where she'll just be like, I don't need that yeah. record. Like, no, 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 of course, Beyonce. <laughs> it, either way, it's also probably just good business sense with not trying to compete with Beyonce as well and yeah. it's Beyonce I don't well, know I mean they're they're like supporting each other uh, right. they're, they're at each other's they, like concert like each other um, premieres and stuff but just and that's the thing right because everyone even their fan bases man try to be like oh so and so's but you guys know I've never tried to force you like to say oh you never should like her music you never got to pick a side music is music but anyways that leads me to just being unselfish which brings us to Shohei Otani and that massive deal that he's he signed the 700 million dollar deal but I think the biggest thing with all of this is that the deferred payments so I mean shout out to our guy Joe Pompliano that I follow with sports business he actually had a really good breakdown of it all so it's the contract itself is very very unique so he'll earn, Shohei that is, will earn $2 million annually over the next 10 years and then $680 million in payments starting at the age 40. Uh, but the, you know, deferred contracts obviously aren't new. That's why there's Bobby Bonilla Day where he still gets paid like a million dollars. I like the crossover too that Bonilla Day finishes I think in 35 and Shohei Otani oh Day gosh. is going to start in 34. That's crazy. It's very fun. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean, current players, Mookie Betts has a deferred payment type of contract, but the $2 million. Dollars, do, right? Yeah. I think Freddie Freeman's contract is also structured that way. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Why, but, no, no, no. But they'll, yeah, yeah, I kind of made a note of it yesterday where it's like all three of them will get paid like 
like way like down the like in 10 years it's like 80 million dollars for one year 84 for another year for all those three players so it's insane it's nothing new however the thing that makes it interesting well one the two million dollar salary and i believe paul mentioned this before will make him the 17th highest play paid player on the dodgers and he'll earn less than retired players like chris davis ken griffey jr and Manny Ramirez. Um, <laughs> that's so crazy. Ken Griffey makes $3.5 million in compensation from the MLB. Manny, Manny Ramirez makes $2.1 million. Chris Davis makes $9.1 million. But the fact that Otani, and this is the big thing among, I know it'll make a lot of age sports agents and just business people in general cringe because Shohei isn't getting any interest off of the deferred payments where Bobby Bonilla receives 8%. From the Mets. So it's like he won't even do that. The other thing is like how I kind of mentioned before the break. Major League Baseball is treating it like a 10 year $460 million deal from an accounting perspective. And Otani is actually leaving hundreds of millions of dollars on the table in terms of net present value. Moral of the story, Otani doesn't need the money. We kind of talked about it yesterday. He will make five hundred or five hundred fifty million dollars in endorsements this year versus someone like New York Yankee Aaron Judge or Bryce Harper, who typically earn air quote only five to six million dollars annually off of endorsements. And we mentioned this yesterday. The additional financial flexibility for Shohei will allow the Dodgers uh, to sign other players and help Otani win the championship that he so much like desires, hands down. Um, many MLB executives are predicting a $500 million contract and that was before the elbow surgery, but that's why it was kind of shocking when he got the 700 million because you don't really know how Otani's going to pitch after Tommy John. However, we've said it before, a lot of the, the Dodgers will make a lot of that money back should one, should they win a real World Series, <laughs> not a COVID World Series. Uh, and then two, they'll make a lot of it back in terms of advertising dollars, ticket sales. Ticket sales already have just gone up. So average ticket prices before Otani for opening day was $474. That has increased to $811. Well, and this was posted yesterday, so it's definitely gone up. Uh, but just being the unselfish player that he is. Another interesting factor in this is, and this is where I was kind of like searching on social media at first, but luckily Joe Pompliano put it easily. So tax law stipulates that if you take your deferred compensation payments over a period of 10 years or more, those payments will be taxed in the state where you reside rather than in the state in which you earn the compensation Potentially, should Otani move somewhere like Bobby Bonilla did by moving from New York to Florida, Otani could actually save around $90 million by doing something similar. So obviously, Los Angeles does have high tax, just like New York does. But if Shohei were to, I mean, obviously, these athletes kind of own houses everywhere. But should he make his official residence somewhere like Florida, maybe Las Vegas, where you don't have to worry about those taxes? That can actually happen. So I know a lot of people were thinking, man, he's not getting interest. And the tax people were thinking even if he moved, he would still be taxed in Los Angeles because that's where the money comes from. Nope. The 10 year deferred means 
he can go wherever he wants and essentially change how much that $680 million is going to be taxed. So it's fascinating. Uh, Obviously, as I mentioned, the Dodgers, for the Dodgers, like, this was the ultimate win-win situation for Otani. He just wants to go somewhere where he's going to win. Again, the guy doesn't need the money. And we've talked about it on the show. Like after a certain amount of money, like that 50 million, even after to me, like, I don't know, I can't even fathom having that much money, but you got to imagine, especially someone who seems very simple, like Shohei after X amount of millions, like it's just like, you, you don't even fathom spending it. So yeah, why not take a pay cut in a sense or defer all this payments when you don't need to worry about money at all, but it will get you that much closer to getting the coveted World Series that you really, really want. I wouldn't put it past Shohei Otani either that he stayed in Los Angeles because he was looking out for the reporters, the Japanese reporters that cover him because there was all that the rumors about him going all the way to Toronto. And I feel like Shohei Otani took that into account where all these people are going to uproot their lives from Los Angeles to follow me to another country. And he be that type of player that will be like, well, maybe I'll make it easier for these reporters that have been covering me that come from Japan already. And at least Los Angeles is a lot closer to Japan, too. So So, I just it's fascinating. Shohei Otani, man. And but but still, of all teams, why the Dodgers? So but I get it. I think. Los Angeles being closer to Japan is probably a closer thing to anything than the reporters, with all due respect to those reporters. Whatever. Like, uh, that's that's the life path that we've... Yeah. And we no, know No, but I'm that. talking about the Japanese oh, I, native I understand what you're talking reporters. about. It, those, <laughs> those people, like us, are crazy enough to choose the life that we live. <laughs> and, and with that said, Shohei, yes, very unselfish to defer it down the line in terms of competitive, he's also getting $700 million still. Like, he's, he's getting a lot of money. I know you you went through the business side of things, $480 million possibly, depends on where he moves, yada, 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 yada. $700 million is $700 million. not to mention this guy is God off the field when it comes to endorsement deals. Like, he is the most markable human in the world. Mm-hmm. He is incredibly kind. He doesn't get into trouble off of the field. He is a two-time MVP. He just signed a record-breaking contract that it was reportedly his idea to give the team like financial flexibility Mm -hmm. while he's there still. It's just, it's all of these things where it's like, he, he also gets to control this narrative where he looks like an awesome guy too. Well, still, we, I I still don't want to lose the fact he got a $700 million contract. That is more than any professional athlete ever. Blows out of the water. Messi blows out of the water. Mike Trout blows out of the water. Patrick Mahomes. All of these top-level athletes, he got more than, and the best part of it all is he deserves it. He oh, really, yeah. really deserves it. So he is incredible. Um, he's very unselfish. I don't want that to, to go oh, by the yeah. wayside. But also, at the end of the day, I don't want to give him too much credit because guess what? He just signed a 10-year, $700 million contract with arguably the second least likable team in the MLB <laughs> behind there's just one and I happen to root for them in the New York <laughs> Yankees. So I like it's just one of those things where it's like, yes, but also he got he got what he was supposed well, to get. Well, that's why it was the win-win, right? Like it wins for the team. It gives Shohei the best opportunity to win 
a World Series. But at the same time, in terms of history, it'll like I don't see any player signing this type of deal anytime soon. Oh my god! So at least in the record books, that's what the selfish part is. Hey, even though cash wise, he won't see close to the seven hundred million dollars in terms of like what he's going to net at the end of all of this. From the team, anyways. Obviously, this guy is going to make an absurd amount of money elsewhere. But it's kind of like when we talk about scores, right? And whether it be like in football or whatever, it's like no one's going to pay attention to how the team won or lost. At the end of the day, you're going to look back and see what your record is. If Was it a win or a loss? So it's going to be the same thing like with Shohei's contract. Net-wise, he probably won't net $700 million from the contract itself. But on the books and on paper in history, you're like, dang, this guy signed a 10-year, $700 million contract, by far the richest in North America. And second is Mike Trout at his at his measly 12 years, $426.5 million. <laughs> Yeah. It's like the, some of the numbers because I, I sit here and I think about I just mentioned the Yankees. If the Yankees want to re-sign Juan Soto, who is going to hit the open market at age 26 and is the closest thing we've seen to Ted Williams since Ted Williams, it's probably going to be about half a billion dollars as well there. Where we're, we're approaching some crazy numbers coming up where these young superstars hit the uh, market because – Here's the thing. Young superstars very rarely hit the market. Alex Rodriguez doubled what the sal- like the, the highest paid contract was when he hit the market at a super young age back in early, what, 2003, 2004. And then now Shohei essentially does the same thing, taking, he doesn't double, I guess, Mike Trout's contract, but he takes, what, 1.75%? Per- I mean, Mike Trout is 12 years, so. Right, and that's kind of the thing, too. You got to take the AAV into yeah. um account and all all of those numbers and now i'm diving into sports nerd stuff that <laughs> it, it, our listeners might not care as much about but i think so show hey this contract kind of matches up with the way baseball history works where you get that young generational mvp multi-time mvp hitting the open market he should reset what contract like the highest contract value is supposed to be and he did exactly that i mean he essentially did double aaron judge though aaron judge's yes. contract from 2022 was 10 years 360 million so considering if shohei was Steel. is the pitcher that he's going to be again yeah you get a discount by the time he comes back and becomes that two-way player that everybody knows yeah. and loves the way i think about it is if shohei is on top of his game and i promise this will be the last thing about baseball <laughs> i say if Shohei is on top of his game, he is essentially Aaron Judge combined with Garrett Cole. And that is insane to think about. And you're, and getting, a, and you're getting a discount. Well, and that's why you pay $700 million because the Yankees, for the two of them, are paying $686 million. Jeez. And now the sweepstakes for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I got to take out on of that Japan. one, too. I'll tell you sometime, Koo. <laughs> on, out of Japan. With free agent to sign, he's projected to sign a record contract. And where does he end up? The Yankees, Mets, or Dodgers? So when we talk about Shohei Otani and his seven hundred million combining players like Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole, well, Yamamoto at twenty five uh, should command around three hundred million dollars. So yep. there you go. You get kind of that double time, and 
gosh, this makes me so sick. If the Dodgers <laughs> sign, Dodgers. if they sign Yamamoto, that will mean they will have handed out over a billion dollars to two players in this single off season. Just oh by the way, gosh. just just to just to put a bow on everything and the the money that these guys are are able to earn. Most of all, teach your kids how to play baseball. <laughs> I know. It's not as dangerous as football. That's why even then. And, and you guaranteed get paid, contracts. Gar- all of it. All of it. That's So that's the part that like just is insane about baseball to me now because we talk a lot about how the NFL popularity is skyrocketing. MLB, on the flip side, has been losing traction in terms of popularity. But yet they have like the best contracts and deals in baseball or in professional sports, at least in america and you're just like all of it a hundred percent anything you sign is Every all guaranteed you is could guaranteed. you could you could like slip and sprain your ankle after you sign on the dotted line and you still get all of that money now that it's shohei crazy. has signed that deal he could and god forbid he suffers a career ending injury doesn't matter money is his that so, is and insurance pays for it sometimes yeah. and there's stuff like that but it like I said, teach your kids to play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hard to get. That's the thing, too. Well, it's yes. just so, I mean, any professional sport is very, very hard to get to. But no, baseball, but because there are levels of minor yeah, leagues. And because there are so many baseball players in, and, not, and you're not just competing with players in this country. They're no, all over the worldwide. world. wide. So that's the I mean, diff- we're talking about two Japanese players getting over a billion dollars. <laughs> Two, two oh players total. It doesn't even so matter. Crazy. Two players. That's crazy. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, baseball. Throw that ball. Anyways, got to take a break. Way past the clock. We'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, ninety-five point one FM and AM seven hundred and sixty. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. <laughs> Got a Tay-Tay music going on. <laughs> and I don't know what's going on on Paul's side of the counter today. That makes two of us. <laughs> oh, this is right when we do need the camera on today. I've just... That's, I always think that. It's like the funniest stuff happens when the cameras are off. And then like Monday's shows, they're fun, but they're just dance parties. They're yeah. not goofy dance parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could show you guys what's going like Paul's like drink I, almost exploded and then I don't know something else like dropped off. over here like I don't know what's going on with Paul the camera that's charging that I wasn't even connected to over here I pull my chair in that somehow comes down <laughs> with a box I I just ran to to clean up the the, oh god it's everything it's everything today <laughs> it's the weather everything's kind of wonky it's because we were talking about this massive amount of money yes yeah i'm thinking about 700 million dollars yeah. since we only have like a few minutes till we have to take our next break as that carried on i think the interesting part too when you look at the landscape of baseball itself and how it works uh for some of our listeners who aren't necessarily familiar with Major league, like they they operate almost like entirely different from a lot of the leagues. One of the biggest things in ter- is that they do not have a salary cap nor a salary floor. Uh, the cap is basically they just pay a luxury tax, or it's supposed to be the competitive tax. But now that you have someone like the Dodgers and a player like Shohei Otani coming together where the Dodgers can easily just throw out money, and you have an unselfish player like Shohei who just wants to win. 
I bet you have a lot of these other wealthy teams like the Mets and the Yankees thinking like, what? That is not fair where you still have all of this cap space or like cap before luxury tax wiggle room, I guess you can call it instead of cap space, but luxury tax wiggle room to work with throughout the next few years while other teams are a bit more strapped like we like the Mets who will tend to spend a lot of money. And they're looking at the Dodgers like, how in the world this is like, so it, they put in the competitive tax or the luxury tax to try to keep things as it's called competitive. Um, but now if you have more players willing to do the Shohei Otani and he's rare again, 50 million in endorsements compared to some of the other top players in major league baseball, like Aaron judge, he can who are like to six, do this. six million. Kind of. Kind he's, of. <laughs> yeah, he's chilling. Who knows how much he's making in Japan? Like, I see his I face everywhere when I'm over that. there. I'm like, he's like on, when I was in Japan, he was like basically the equivalent of like an icy hot. Like, his face is like all over the boxes. Like, Shohei Otani's everywhere on like To be honest, I would be the same way. Yeah. I, I mean, it is literally like, it goes back to the 60s in America where you have like the ideal American family and whatever that people... Shohei is the ideal person you would want your kid to grow up to be. Yeah. He is an unselfish superstar who goes in the biggest media, one of the biggest media markets in the world and is never in a scandal. Like he is, it's the same way where Derek Jeter in the 90s with the Yankees where it's like you have this perfect face mm -hmm. of baseball and that is Shohei Otani. I would, I would have his face plastered everywhere. And he has if a I perfect could. face. Well, and that's the thing too. Like, with <laughs> like all, he looks good. Just he's built like Asian Superman. I was like, going to say, oh my objectively gosh. speaking, he is a good-looking young man who is built like Superman. Yeah, like it is truly. He is. He is Clark Kent, except he throws a 100-mile-an-hour fastball with a wicked curveball and can hit it 500 feet. <laughs> But if it makes any of our baseball fans sick of other teams like Paul Brecht and myself. So they have around $142 million in payroll commitments for next season, around $80 million less than in 2023, and still $16 million of space remaining before it eclipses the, you know, luxury tax threshold or whatnot. 16 million dollars of space you know how much you can do with that like oh my gosh Aaron judge and garrett cole <laughs> or, or almost i guess thanks or, a lot cubs i know you could have afforded it and then you just because apparently that that was an option for all teams this deferred payment so, so that's the thing and, and everyone just kind of let the dodgers it's interesting <sighs> to think about that too because it's like i don't know because we had this conversation off air yesterday where it just doesn't feel fair because yeah. I, I said this to you where there are probably five teams in total that have owners that can give that would give out yeah, that, that deal would. and can give out that deal without completely sinking the franchise. Two of them reside in New York. You have the one that actually gave out the deal. And then from there, you normally get wild cards. The Blue Jays were trying, but I don't know if they had mm -hmm. 700 mil to give him like and it's one of those... It's pretty much just the big markets. Like I said, I'm yeah. sure the Cubs could afford it, but they don't but spend that kind do of money. do the Ricketts want to spend that no. type of money? No. And it, <laughs> I talk about the Padres. Maybe John Fisher. <laughs> Padres who just went through that trade. Yeah, John Fisher with that move to Las Vegas, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So it's it's an issue because you get 
the other side of the spectrum. Uh, you'll normally hear me arguing for a salary floor, and I'm not somebody to wish for a salary cap in baseball, but this yeah. is one of those things where you look at it and it's like, we it's need sickening. well, we need to start taking the average annual value of contracts and put that towards the luxury tax mm -hmm. because that's this is going to be a way for teams to get around it. I don't know. Like I said, good on the Dodgers for figuring this out. Good on Shohei Otani for suggesting it to help keep their financial flexibility going forward. That being said, when we see these things in sports, normally we get rule changes in the next CBA, in the next negotiation period, in the next offseason to start preventing stuff like that mm -hmm. because it's a realization that it creates an unfair playing field in general. And when you're talking about millions upon billions of dollars, that can't necessarily be the case. Yeah. Hopefully, again, I'm with you. I've talked about this before. At the very least, do a salary floor because it's just sickening to see what John Fisher has done to the Oakland Athletics, like just being able to not pay players. And and it doesn't even have to be much. Like, No, but when <laughs> Shohei Otani's $68 million that he's going to get in like 34 is more than... But the, the bottom, th I was going to say the bottom third of the MLB, each what they're spending in terms of salary yeah. this season. I mean, take a peek at what the Rays, the Guardians, the Athletics, the Royals, and actually the Royals just I don't gave think out the a Rangers even have that. Well, uh, the Rangers gave out a couple $300 million contracts. So I'll give them like, and that's something as well where like with small markets, if you give out a big deal or two, I'll give you a break as well because. I understand not everybody is New York or Los Angeles. Not everybody can have two, mm -hmm. three, four, three hundred million dollar contracts on their payroll and be like, yeah, we're fine. We're just moving <laughs> on. But for the teams like the Rays, the teams like the Athletics, the teams like the Guardians, the Guardians haven't signed an MLB free agent that has finished the season on the roster since like 2017, 2019, somewhere in that range. My friend is a Guardians fan, so he he had that Gives stat ready to go. Fun facts. I, I feel bad for fans of teams like that where you watch Shohei Otani sign for this much money, and then you're begging your team to sign the guy to a veteran's minimum contract, and you just don't. So salary floor, I think, yeah. is really it's really needed. And then we can start talking about perhaps a cap and and so on and so forth. Though I feel as though the luxury tax does do a good job of that. Whatever. Until they figure this out now, and we'll see how. Like you said, it could bring somebody upon does some have to things in the pay the paper. As much as owners are like, wait a minute, why didn't, why can't, or why didn't we figure this out first? I'm sure players, if you start to see like that, because it takes both sides, right? The owner side and the, the CBA to come to an agreement on how things run. But if you're a player and you're, you know, on a team that isn't being competitive because other owners had figured out how to do this and you're like, wait a minute, like we need to be yeah. a little more fair here. But either way, I do, I must say as much as we joke about like, oh, the Dodgers, the Dodgers are a very popular franchise. So I think it's really, really good for the sport of baseball. As I mentioned, it was Agreed. on the decline. This past World Series was the least watched World Series in history. I think even like, it was like a normal NBA game and stuff that will have like more views than the World Series did. Nobody really cared. I don't think we barely even talked about it on this show. But so it's good for the sport. It's good for the league that this has happened. And Shohei did go to the Los Angeles Dodgers and not 
to the Blue Jays because at the end of the day, the Blue Jays are not in the U.S. and they're not a franchise that has this type of popularity like the Dodgers. So it is good. At the end of the day, it's good for the sport as much as it makes people like Paul and I sick. But this is when you're like, dang, I, I wish they bad. didn't have the um, designated hitter in the National League still. Why did they change that rule? Our, <laughs> our friend Rob DeMello, we were talking to yesterday oh. before media availability and we were bringing up past memories and somebody brought up COVID times and he joked and he was like, guys, we're talking about positive stuff. What are we doing? So we started talking about baseball and he goes, I would rather talk about the contagious <laughs> diseases again. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. I was oh. like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> he was wearing his Angels yeah, cap, Yeah, he tends to wear that Angels cap a lot, too. Oh, sorry, Rob. Him and our Alan Mia. Oh. Just a couple of heartbroken Angels fans. But at least it worked out that the Angels yanked the radio coverage. So, guys, I'm sorry. We won't have Los Angeles Angels next season. Uh, if What team we'll have, we'll figure it out. But it's not our doing. The Los Angeles Angels, do. you know, they get rid of their Hispanic broadcasts. And then they get rid of radio in general, and I don't know what they're doing over there. So I'm sorry for our Angel fans, but we will not have the Angels next year. Anyways, we'll be back to wrap it up on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Ogbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. It's a good song. Okay, you guys, don't worry. That's the, that's, the, that's the end of it. Now that we're at the end of the show, I know I still have some of my friends out there and listeners that do appreciate our Taylor Swift all day. <laughs> just, Can't help it, man. It's, it's our like, bump music. And it's just, it's feel good. And that's what I think about when it, like, Taylor, like, why she's so popular because I'm mean, not knocking all of the other female artists out there, of course, and, you know, the empowerment and having empowerment over your bodies and everything. But Taylor collectively is, you know, as a parent, you're like, oh, it's cool if my young daughter listens to Taylor Swift music, you know, like her her newer stuff does have a couple of swear words here and there, but eh, it's nothing too excessive. It's one of those. She's a lyricist. And you know what? Sometimes that's like the best word to match in the song. But for the most part, you're like, yeah, my, you know, you, you're you're comfortable with your daughter or sons, your young children listening to Taylor Swift music and you don't have to worry. But speaking of love stories, I'm going to let you finish off the show, Paul. <laughs> Congratulations to our Paul Brecht, officially an engaged man. Yes, yes, yes. Very exciting. Me and my partner, Morgan Weaver, last night ended up getting a nice little 20-minute, maybe a 30-minute uh, window between the, the on and off rain down in Manoa and Waikiki. And luckily, I've been able to keep it a secret for the past couple of weeks as I as I got the ring and, and held on and all that. So I was like, oh, this is a perfect last little bump music here. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as yeah, yesterday she she did say yes. I I joked with her. I was like, you know, I asked you to stay with me after six months when I moved to Hawaii. I asked you to wait a year of long distance. And then I asked you to move 5,000 miles across <laughs> the world to join me here. And I'm going to ask you for one more thing. 
and she ended up saying yes. So, yes, a very exciting Tuesday here, 12-12 at HSRN uh, as I moved my ring on over from the middle to the appropriate one. Congratulations, Paul. Yay. <laughs> Hence why I kind of planned that love story song. I, too, I thought so. <laughs> you might have I thought it might have been pre-planned there, but I didn't want to assume anything. Yay. Congratulations to our Paul Brecht, officially an engaged man. And we look forward to the future with you and Morgan. Congratulations to Morgan as well. But we gotta go. Bye.